Hey, I'm Brett Larkin, and welcome to the Yoga Hacks podcast, where we make yoga so much more than just something we do on a mat. We're talking hacky ways to stretch and feel good in our daily lives, using yoga philosophy to solve everyday problems. Ultimately, this is about you wanting to live your best life and feel amazing in your body using yoga and meditation as a tool. It's time to get creative, time to have fun, and remember, you can always be stretching, you can always be centered, you can always feel great in your body. Let's jump in to this week's episode. Hello, my friends. Today on the podcast, we are talking about alignment cues that I think are really great and alignment cues that I think you might want to choose not to listen to, and I'm going to explain why. So to give a little background on how this all got started, Teres, I hope I'm saying your name right, all the way from Sweden, wrote in to me um, in my private Facebook group, which hopefully you're a part of, and she said, Hi, Brett. I'm new to yoga, but I had such a great introduction through your beginner yoga jumpstart. If you're a beginner yogi, uh, this is not what she wrote. This is just me. If you're a beginner yogi and you haven't checked out my beginner yoga jumpstart course, which comes with audio motivation, especially if you're someone who likes the podcast, definitely check that out because you will, I think, really, really like it. And she said, I've watched a few other online teachers, but I prefer your style. And then she's saying, I was wondering if there is a video covering some basic principles. For example, I saw someone else defining shoulder width apart as two fists apart, and it was narrower than I expected. So I thought it might be good to have some of those principles explained a bit. So I saw this on Facebook and it really just spurred the inspiration for me for this whole podcast episode. So I'm so excited to be doing this and sharing this information with you. So to answer the question, there are videos about this and they're actually part of a different course that I made a million and a half years ago. And it's been on my to-do list to bring those videos back into either my YouTube ecosystem or into Beginner Yoga Jumpstart somehow. So I promise all of you that I will do that in the coming month or two because I have a lot of really great videos about alignment principles. But for the purposes of today, I thought I'd just share three alignment principles that I think get tossed out and are um, cued a lot that I just don't like. And of course, it's up to each of you to make your own decision, but I just don't want people to feel like they need to be obeying these cues um, if they don't want to be because they really as I will explain, they don't really work for me and I think they can do more harm than good. And then just to counterbalance that, since I didn't want it to just be a negative podcast, I'm going to share three alignment tips that I think are universally true and that really work well for everyone. And I really encourage everyone to follow. So let's start off with some of these alignment cues that I'm a little skeptical of and kind of want to call out. So number one is that you need to stand with your feet touching. So a lot of yoga, and especially if you go to like an Ashtanga-based studio or certain maybe even Bikram or hot yoga studios, they're going to always instruct that your feet be touching, meaning your toes are touching, your heels are slightly apart. So you're standing with your feet together when you do vinyasas or when you do Surya Namaskar. 
And I just, I don't practice that way. And I really don't feel like that is a super helpful cue. I think especially for beginners. And I know a lot of you guys are newer to yoga, not all of you, but some that standing with your feet together can be hard. I mean, we don't stand that way in normal life very much. And it can be difficult to balance. And if you're having trouble balancing, it's going to be hard to focus on your breath and the 9 million other things that are going on in your yoga practice. So I really think that standing hip width apart, which is what I instruct in every single class always, because that's how I prefer to stand, is just more stabilizing. To go a little bit more also into the history here, Ashtanga yoga was designed you know, so thousands of years ago to be done by 11 and 12 year old boys to, you know, exercise them and then calm them down, uh, for their studies. And then also to meditate. And, you know, this is back in the age of the sages and all this stuff, but it was traditionally yoga was designed for men, which is kind of funny because now mainly women, there's more women who I think are into yoga now in this modern time than men, but traditionally it was always practiced by men and especially young boys in the Ashtanga tradition. And so much of American yoga, like vinyasa and hatha that we have now stems from the Ashtanga tradition. So if you read Ashtanga texts or you read BKS Iyengar or things like that, you're going to see some of these Ashtanga alignment principles, one of which is that the feet should be together touching. And the if you look at skeletons, <laughs> which I did in a lot of my anatomy training, the pelvis, how you actually, you can tell at by sight whether the pelvis, if you're just looking at the bones, if you're looking at a skeleton, is male or female because the female pelvis is wider, right? And this is because women give birth to children and women have more shapely hips. So right down to our bones, women are wider than men um, in their pelvis always. And you can see this looking at uh, skeletons, looking at bones. And tied into that is just, in, in my mind, very clearly that for a woman to stand then with her feet close together, it's going to be harder for her to balance, right? For a 12-year-old boy, that might be a really great stance because he's small and his hips are not that wide. So he's not going to feel unstable if his toes are touching. But for a woman whose pelvis is clearly anatomically, we can see very clearly wider, then she's likely going to feel a little bit off balance or just not as stable if her feet are touching because her pelvis is wider and therefore she might be more comfortable with her feet hip width apart. So if you just want to nerd out on anatomy with me for a minute, there's just really no good reason in my mind why your yoga practice, meaning your breath, your quality of movement, how you feel, the things I really care about, would be impacted by something like having your feet together as opposed to a little bit apart if that's something you're more comfortable with. So please do not feel, of course, if you are comfortable standing with your feet together, go for it. But I know for the majority of us, we're probably more comfortable and stable with our feet hip width apart. And that's going to come into number two cue that I just don't really love, which is exactly what Tara's mentioned on my Facebook page, which was this cue of hip, uh, shoulder width apart being two fists distance apart. So I personally do not believe or see that two fists distance. So that means you make two fists with your hands and place them between your feet. And that would be shoulder width apart. I just don't buy that 
for a minute. I, just let's think about for a moment, maybe a small teenage girl or woman and a football player <laughs> or maybe a professional swimmer and how broad his shoulders are going to be compared to maybe her shoulders. And would that be, obviously the guy's hands would be bigger than the girl's hands a little bit, but I still just don't feel like two fists width would be the, the width of someone's shoulders. I don't know. That just doesn't work for me at all. Now, in terms of if you want to stand with your feet hip width apart, not shoulder width apart, hip width apart, if it's hip width apart, I think the two fist thing actually does have some merit. Because when I think hip width apart, again, I'm thinking how wide is my pelvis? And I and when I do two two fists between my feet, I feel like, okay, my feet feel pretty much under my pelvis, like under my two hip bones. But if we're talking shoulder width apart, I think it's wider than two fists. And I also think it's really unique for every person. Like, does it make sense that there'd be a universal cue for shoulder width apart that you could kind of measure? when you think of how many different body types there are and just like how many people have really broad shoulders and how many people have not as broad shoulders. I just, I think it's hard to do the, the math in a cue like that. And that cue is, is probably the one that I find the least offensive because honestly, I think when teachers say that they're just trying to get people. And this is another just insight into yoga teacher world. You know, a lot of what we say is just trying to get people in the general right shape or category. And when you say two fists distance apart, it's like, it just gives something to someone who, that they can physically see and really helps them understand. Because unfortunately in the society we live in today, most people are just so disconnected from their bodies that you could say something like stand hip width apart or stand shoulder width apart. And someone would just give you a blank stare or still have their feet together and just not really get the cue. So when you say the two fists width apart, it really is like wake up to the person like, oh, my feet are actually supposed to be apart. Something should fit between them. So there's a lot of cues that teachers give in yoga that are just, again, like designed to help people kind of wake up and understand um, what feet together compared to feet apart means. But the thing is, I just wouldn't take these as like golden rules because every body is unique. And that's something I really, really believe. I mean, I believe that everyone's shoulders are wider than their hips or their pelvis. Like that's pretty much like a universal truth if we look at every skeleton ever. But the exact dimensions and proportions I really think are different to each person depending on their genetics. And then also like someone, again, who's trained as an Olympic swimmer is going to have crazy broad shoulders compared to someone who maybe is a ballerina, right? So I don't like giving universal guidelines. Um, and I think the fist one just doesn't really make sense, especially for shoulder width apart. I think it makes sense a little bit for hip width apart. Okay, so let's move on. Number three uh, alignment cue that I don't really like also goes back to the Ashtanga tradition. And this is a nice segue into the ones I do like. But the one I'm talking about right now is the alignment cue in Warrior One that you have to have heel to heel alignment. So in the Ashtanga tradition, in Warrior One, your heels are basically in one plane. Okay, so the front heel that's pointing, the foot that's pointing forward is part of your warrior one. If you trace the line back from your front heel, it should hit 
um, your back heel, which is turned out at a 45 degree angle. And this ties into exactly what I talked about before, so I'm not going to harp on it, but that in Ashtanga originally, again, men, very narrow pelvis, young boys, a lot of the scripture and, you know, work was written with them in mind and for them probably heel to heel alignment made a lot of sense but especially for women or just anyone who's a little bigger boned bigger bodied or just again working on balance the heel to heel alignment is really difficult especially considering in warrior one you're supposed to have your hips squared at the front of the room so that's another alignment cue I really don't like and I'd encourage you to potentially throw out the window and instead just have your uh, heels be hip width apart in warrior one so that you're on a little bit of a wider stance left to right of your mat taking up more uh, space so if your mat is a certain width you're like left foot a little bit to the left right foot a little bit to the right just so you feel stable in your warrior one and that's also going to help you start to square the hips more and focus on your breath and enjoying the pose instead of being on this tiny tightrope with heel 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 to heel alignment and really having difficulty maintaining balance And I always practice this way personally myself, and that's how I teach every class. So again, if these three alignment cues I've mentioned work for you, having your feet together um, or measuring your feet shoulder distance apart using the fist thing or doing warrior one heel to heel, like that's awesome. Just do it and you're a rock star because Ashtanga is really hard and (laughs) it's great that you can do those cues. But I just want to share that for everyone else who's maybe finding those things challenging to do, that it's just really not a big deal. And even if you hear a teacher saying it or cueing it, you really, you have my permission and you should have your own permission to kind of throw that out the window. There's a video on YouTube when I, that I talk about my travels to India, my most recent trip. I, th- I think it's called Practicing Yoga in India compared to American yoga or something like that. You'll find it pretty easily if you Google or just look on my channel. Just Google like American versus Indian yoga. And I got yelled at all the time when I went to class in India because they were teaching really strict Ashtanga alignment. Like they wanted my feet together. They wanted me to like never take child's pose and rest. They, I got yelled at all the time. I was like the rebel of the class. And like, I just let it roll off my back. You know, for me, it was actually fun because it's rare that I practice with those, those strict, those strict rules. So it was sort of a fun reminder for me to be like, oh yeah, this is what this feels like. And oh, it feels better than I expected. Or, you know, oh, this is why I don't practice this way. I still don't like it or whatever. So it's always good to get like our habits shaken up a little bit. So I appreciated that. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm just like laughing it off. I'm just like, you know what? This is a teacher who's trying to do the best job that they can based on their understanding, based on what they've been indoctrinated in, what they've been taught. And at the end of the day, like no one knows my body better than me. I'm not practicing to impress this teacher or to impress anyone. I'm practicing for me, for my body, so I can feel great, so I can feel then good in the rest of my day and the rest of my life. So everyone else's opinion is really totally irrelevant to me. And I encourage you to all have the same confidence in what feels good for you and what you want your practice to do for you, just even if you are a beginner. Okay, so... That being said, there are some universal alignment principles that we need to follow to stay safe and to really practice yoga as intended. So let's switch gears now and talk about those three alignment principles that I think are awesome and that everyone should follow all the time, no questions asked. Okay, so number one is that you should have heel to arch alignment anytime you're doing 
warrior two, triangle pose, side angle pose, any of the poses where your hips are open and you're facing the side of the room. So what heel to arch alignment is, is it means that your front heel, so in warrior two, your front heel is the foot that is uh, pointing towards the front of the room and your knee is bent over it 90 degrees. And if you trace the line from your front heel to your back foot, your back um, foot that's 45 degrees at the end of your warrior two stance, that that should be um, heel to arch alignment. So the front heel would bisect your back arch, so like hit the middle of your foot. And that's really your safest stance for all, again, warrior two side angle triangle pose so that's something that you can see really visually yourself when you're in class you know like look down at your front heel when you open up into those poses kind of trace an imaginary line back and is your front heel bisecting the middle of your back foot which again that back foot should be 45 degrees towards the front of the room and that's really helpful and really safe okay number two alignment principle that is just awesome I think and you should always follow is that you always want any bent knee to be 90 degrees over the ankle so you never want to be in a position whether it's again warrior two low lunge any other pose on the planet where your knee is over your ankle or overhanging your ankle you're always looking for that nice 90 degree mark and it's sometimes a little bit deeper than you think it's an adjustment I give students a lot um, because it's just, you can look down and think you're at 90 degrees, but someone behind you, like a teacher, can see that maybe you just need another inch or two forward. Um, but that's just something to always be aware of and that you can easily check out yourself. It's like when you're in any of these poses, like warrior two or warrior one or low lunge or high lunge, is your front knee a 90 degree um, angle over the ankle and the most common thing is it's not and you need to bend your knee more but you know there are some people who maybe have a stance that's too short and the knee is overhanging the ankle and that's dangerous so that's something you always want to look for and of course chair pose is an exception here because chair pose your knees are forward of your ankles because that's the nature of chair pose so I'm excluding chair pose from this rule but any of the warriors lunges things like that always make sure your knee is a 90 degree angle over the ankle. And one fun thing to do is like one night, look in a mirror at home and do these poses in front of the mirror. Get into warrior two, right? Maybe with your eyes closed and be like, okay, I think this is 90 degrees. Or take a look down at your knee and be like, I think this is 90 degrees. And then look in the mirror and be and, and challenge yourself and say, wow, is this really 90 degrees or do I need to bend my knee another two inches? Or do I need to adjust my stance, right? Make your warrior two stance a little longer, a little shorter to make the correct alignment happen. So checking in with the mirror can be really, really helpful. The third alignment cue that I really love and I think is pretty much universal and safe and great for everyone is this idea of lengthening your tailbone down while drawing your abs up and in or levering your hip bones up. So again, we're talking a lot about the pelvis and if you are in front of a computer or are on your smartphone or whatever and you can Google an image of a pelvis, just type it into Google. <laughs> um, I'd really encourage you to do that because it's really helpful to see because it is where so much is going on in your yoga practice and in your body. It's sort of like Grand Central Station in the sense that it connects your upper body to your lower body. It stabilizes how you walk, how you stand, um, so many imbalances and aches and pains that you may have like in your low back or in your hips are actually stemming from pelvic misalignment, which is something a myofascial release or raw thing practitioner can really help you with. 
But before I lose my train of thought, the, the alignment cue is to lengthen your tailbone down and pull your navel in and lever your hip points up. So um, the reason I was saying to Google an image of the pelvis is because once you, if you see an image of it, you can really pretty easily visualize it as a bowl. So if you imagine your pelvis as a bowl holding water, for the case for 99% of us is that our low back is too arched and that our pelvis is... Therefore, like if water was in your pelvis, it would be slipping forward, like water would be spilling forward, like onto your belt, right? Or in front of your pants, right? And if you think of lengthening your tailbone down, and you can do it right now, even if you're walking or standing in line at the grocery store, if you think of lengthening your tailbone down to the space between your heels, and so basically making your low back longer, drawing your abs in more, and then think of your hip bones levering up towards your chin, it's kind of like you take that pelvic tilt out of the equation so that it feels not like you're spilling a bowl of water, but so the water is contained, right? So we talk about having a overly arched low back, too much, a lordotic low back, too much arch, that's the water spilling forward. And that's really, really common in the case for a lot of us, especially women. So I think that's another really great cue for many reasons. A, it gets us toning our abdominal wall up and in and back, which is going to do several things. It's going to get us abs. So that's great. But almost more importantly, B, it's going to protect our low back, right? Because most low back injuries or many of them stem from just having weak abdominal muscles or just not holding your pelvis in proper alignment. So that's just a really easy thing you can do in pretty much every pose, like warrior two. Think of your tailbone lengthening down, your hips levering up towards your chin, like your front hip bones, those knobby things. You can feel them right now. Think of them levering up towards your chin as you lengthen your tailbone down and pulling your abs in. And when your abs are pulled in, you always have more control Um, You're at less risk of injuring yourself or pulling a muscle or straining something because your core is activated and you're engaged. So it also is less likely that you're going to like slam a wrist down really hard and, and tweak something that way. So just core activation and that subtle kind of trying to eliminate that pelvic tilt that so many of us have, I think it's just another universal alignment cue. And you'll probably not hear that talked about in most yoga classes because it's a really complex concept. And I feel a little bad explaining it to you on a podcast without like a pointer, a diagram, a visual, and a skeleton next to me to really show you. But I'm hoping that if you kind of Google an image of a pelvis and listen to this and you're motivated that you can, and that you feel it in your body, you can kind of follow along and get some major benefit and insight from that, from just about how you're carrying yourself as you go through your daily life. And chances are, if you take class with me on YouTube, that you've heard me cue this a million times, whether you've really been cognizant of it being, you know, this pelvic alignment thing or not. It's something I'm cueing constantly, so don't overthink it. It's probably something you're already doing in class with me. You just maybe weren't aware of the anatomical corresponding piece. So I hope that this episode was fun and helpful and that you could follow along with it. I think, as always, right, my biggest message for you is to listen to your own body and be aware of the rules, be aware of the alignment rules. And I think the kind of golden three I outlined here, heel to arch alignment in all in warrior two triangle side angle, any of the ones where you're 
hips are facing the side of the room is a really good one. Obviously, you don't want heel to arch alignment or heel to heel alignment in the poses where your hips are facing the front of the room, like warrior one and high lunge. That's where I'm going to recommend you have your feet hip width apart. So you take a wider stance than what's traditionally cued. But I think that and this idea of kind of protecting your pelvis and pulling your abs in and then really protecting your knees by going for that 90 degree angle that those, you know, if you just follow those three and then modify a lot of other stuff as you need to, I think you're going to have a really rewarding yoga practice and just remember to not take anything anyone else tells you too seriously unless they're a professional who's deeply intimate with your body, meaning they know your past, they know your history, they know, you know where you're at right now, which just isn't the reality in most studio yoga classes you go to. Like the teacher has the best intentions always, but they don't, they don't know your full, full story, full background. So it's really up to you to be your own best teacher, which is what I want to empower everyone to do, um, to just really take care of themselves and have a, a, a practice that feels good, right? On their own terms, right? Because no two bodies are alike. And what feels good for me, you know, which is like having my feet eight inches apart may not feel good for someone else who wants their feet four inches apart. And that's okay. And honestly, it really doesn't matter as long as some of the golden other alignment cues are being followed. And and it's going to evolve over time, right? So you might like two years from now find out you love practicing with your feet together while before it was something you couldn't even do. So just always having that open mind and experimenting and meeting your body where it is today. All right. So remember, always be stretching, always be active. I always love to hear from you. So you can always let me know your thoughts and your comments, whether it's through our Facebook groups or on YouTube. And of course, check out Beginner Yoga Jumpstart if you are a beginner and you're kind of excited about all this stuff. You'll really love, love that course. All right. My heart to yours. Namaste. Thank you so much for listening and joining me all the way to the very end. Make sure you're subscribed to my YouTube channel. You've downloaded my app full of free yoga classes that also has episodes of this podcast right in the app. Jump over to brettlarkin.com, get my free 18 days of awesome yoga jumpstart if you haven't done that already, and start integrating stretching into your day-to-day routine for real at always be stretching.com. Remember you can tweet to send requests or questions about the show to at Larkin yoga TV. And it would mean so much to me if you shared this podcast with a friend. Since you're here with me till the very, very end, I also wanted to invite you to join my private Facebook group where I talk about hacking yoga and meditation into my daily life and give you ideas on how you can do the same, sharing things that I usually just don't feel comfortable putting on YouTube or my public page. Just go to yogahackscommunity.com, all one word, yogahackscommunity, and click request access to join. Until next time, remember, always be doing yoga, always be stretching.